I think if I have a profession, it's got to be eating food. <laughs> Arrow.net. A-R-R-O-E.net. We are unplugged and totally uncut with Amanda Redke. I'm good. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. And I am in the mood to fill up with, with some delicious homestead recipes. Well, I'm excited for you. I, unfortunately, I can't like actually give you food, but we can <laughs> talk about food and then think about food and not have the food in front of us. I just made myself sad. You know, the uh, I, this book really touches me in the way that my mother grew up, uh, she, they were in Sheridan, Wyoming, and she always talked about the homestead, what her mother always made. And so that's why this book means so much to me, because homestead recipes and cooking is really, th- that's my roots. And, and, and a lot of people need to understand it's probably part of their roots as well. Yeah, so where did you grow up? I, I grew up, I was born in Sheridan, Wyoming, but I grew up in Montana, but mom always, it was always about homestead, homestead cooking to her. That's amazing. Montana is gorgeous. I'm, why did you ever leave? Well, because um, it, also it, you're it, in... It, it was a radio dream, and, and there's only 850,000 people in Montana. I needed millions, so I, so I made the move. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> your, your personality was bigger than the population. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually looked into, because your name was fascinating. I love it. I love how it's spelled. Um, so I had to go and like listen and just dive into everything that you were doing and you have this thing called the daily mess. Is that correct? You, that that is that's that it's it's the daily mess where where you sit down and you have a conversation with you know this is what's going on in the world and and I can't be the only one so let's just talk about it. Let's talk about how we can motivate each other. So I was so fascinated by this concept, and I think that not only was it fascinating itself, but you took it a step further and you were like encouraging to write daily. Um, too. And I think that like changes the narrative a little bit. And I was like, this is something I have to pursue. So I'm starting this with you. I, I, you've motivated me to be a part of the daily met. <laughs> but, but then it, it grows into also what's called the defrag journal and, and what the defrag journal is. And I would love to, to read your writing on this. First of all, we should never be afraid to release our writing to anybody because it doesn't belong to us. We just go through the experience, but a defrag journal allows you to ask yourself questions. For instance, like when you sit down or you go into the kitchen and you're going to make hamburger nachos ask yourself questions. Ask yourself, why am I using this ingredient? What is this going to, you know, and, and when you start asking yourself questions, that inner core of your creative mind begins to participate with reality. So, yeah, okay. I am so on board with this and I'm thinking about some of the recipes I did in the book and you're forced to, you're forced to kind of ask yourself those questions. Yeah. And when it's coming from an external source, it wasn't as exciting, but when you get in the zone and are asking those questions um, of a recipe or of yourself, it changes the perspective and it changes the excitement level about what you're creating. And um, I can think of a very few recipes in the book that I did that specifically with, and you're absolutely right. Like it was, it didn't belong to me. It was something that needed to be shared because there was someone somewhere that could identify with it or um, like feel like it's a part of what they enjoy too. 
And I hope. So, well, and see, because I mean, look at look at the changes that happened during the lockdown. How many people discovered they had a kitchen? I'm one of them. And and all of a sudden, I started doing soups. And it was like it wasn't the typical. I'm going to pull it out of a can. No, I wanted to invent soups. I I want to have a, a a bus out there that makes soup for people every day because soup makes people happy. So you think big all the time. Am I wrong? <laughs> I'm a cancer, man. I was born in June. Come on. <laughs> okay. So you like, you go from like wanting to eat and fulfill the need to like, I want a food truck and I want to create <laughs> recipes and feed the world. That's, and I mean, I love that. And I feel like that's like the funnest mind to be around is like, you don't just take the next step mentally. You take 50 leaps into the next big thing and you're there fully invested in it. I love it. <laughs> well, you, you're the same way because I mean, look, you, you homestead recipes. I mean, you're 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 actually feeding the world as well because you're giving people the opportunity to go visit the grocery store, to look deeper into what's available in that grocery store, and to ask for different things that may not be there. I I hope so. Yeah, and we like you know like your mom talked about we, we there's a lot to do with the land and the full circle of life um, aspect, and I only have five little humans that I'm kind of responsible for at this time in my life. But I really hope that they have an understanding, a full, complete understanding of um, where food comes from and, and what source, um, where it's sourced from and what, what, how it serves a purpose in our lives. And not only like the function of it, but like the beauty of enjoying it. I'm hoping. And I, I hope some of that got into the book, too, but I'll have to wait and see what people think. Uh, you bring up an interesting point about where the food comes from. I, I've been on the Pacific Coast Highway out in California, Highway 1, and I, and I think the best part of that adventure was was getting away from the ocean and actually getting into the fields of where everything is coming from. That changed mm. my life. Really? And, and and the reason why is because you know I, I it's in a grocery store that's what I knew before that but then you know I mean it's it, we've had we had fields and stuff up in Montana but but it wasn't like this 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 was honest to God huge fields of lettuce and avocados and all that stuff and I'm going I had no clue that they grew it this much yeah right and so California produces some of the most amazing food in abundance. So you've, you've probably seen more than I've ever seen when it comes <laughs> to that. We get a lot of uh, views of corn, yes. lots of corn fields for hundreds and hundreds of miles at a time. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of the Midwest. And as you can probably tell is in a lot of my recipes, but that, you know, that comes from wanting to use the things that are available to us um, at all times and be be a good steward of what the land is providing. Did you ever get out there and get lost in the cornfield on purpose and you had to sit there and try to figure out which part of the field you're going to come out in? I don't... A story instantly came to mind that I feel like I should never tell. Because <laughs> 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 I love Jesus so much, but um, growing up, we, we would get drunk and pass out in a cornfield. Yes. That's... <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> so, you're right. We did that. In, you're with it in a different. Oh my God! You're, you're so you're so right about that. We did that in Montana as well. It was that's we we had a relationship with that cornfield, and then when they would cut it down in the fall. <laughs> 
I mean, right, where were you going to go now? Had, it was cool weather was coming. You know, you had to find somebody's house. It was just pain in the butt. <laughs> so now there's 110 amazing, authentic family recipes in Homestead Recipes. What, what, the, the, the relationship with this book is, is that I, I swear I'm going to see readers go through the book, make their, their, their lists out, go to the grocery store, or better yet, I want them to go to a farmer's market. Doesn't this serve as a backstage pass to the farmer's market? <laughs> I well, so I don't know. I don't, we know our farmers markets are pretty limited in their timing here. We have such a short season mm-hmm. um, that that's such an interesting point you bring up because I never really thought about it in that context. But I would hope so. I mean, I would hope that that's where people are going. Not only our farmers market, you know, you're kind of cutting out the the middleman there. You're going right to the source, but you're helping fund the people who are putting their hearts and souls into producing a product. So um, farmers market, if I ever go to a farmers market, the first thing I get is honey. Oh, yes. Um, Because I feel like anyone that is investing their time and energy into working with bees and like how beautiful and wonderful and abundant bees are and, and then having locally sourced honey that like the properties and what it does for your immune system. It's all just so fascinating. So now I'm thinking about farmer's market and we won't have one for at least two months here. Wow. Not, 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 you get them. I'm sorry. You get them like all year long. All year long. Where you are? Oh yeah, yeah we do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And what's really cool is that the the smaller cities and stuff like that, the communities come together. Yep. Um, every Saturday, everybody's going to the farmers market, and it's uh, it's. And I guess I'm spoiled now. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with that one. <laughs> but you know, about a quarter if of a. You... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was I was gonna yeah, say you that go ahead. about a quarter of a mile from here. There's a, there's a bee farmer, and 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 he a lot of his bees have been in the backyard. But this year he put he put one of the nests up front. And my dog and I, when we're out there walking around, we'll just go sit there and and just for the longest time just stare at the bees coming in and out. It's so fascinating to watch bees work. You are absolutely right, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of TikTok, but one of the things I love about TikTok is bee talk, yeah. because um, people break down like what they're doing and the relationship they have with the queen and how efficient uh, bees are and how smart. I mean, it's fat. they're they they're their own highly functioning ecosystem. Mm-hmm. They they understand how to deal with predators. You know, they understand how to feed themselves. Like it's this whole amazing thing and it's so interesting to watch. I love that you get to do it in person. A little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to watch it on my tiny phone. <laughs> but well, it's they're just fascinating in the way that they they always feel like that they've they've got a pair of headphones on and they know exactly what they're doing. They're listening to their own vibes and all that kind of stuff and it's like it's like oh, yes. I want to be a bee. <laughs> <laughs> I love the visual of them with their headphones on. Like, I'm just doing my job, man. That's it. So, so where did you get the idea of putting zucchini in, in, in corn chowder? I mean, that, that right there is bringing, I mean, that you talk about, you know, that, that's, that's a cross-pollinization. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so, we... <laughs> We are prolific um, zucchini growers here in Minnesota. They say Jealous. that you know if you have one plant, you'll have 50, 50 zucchini by the end of the summer. And we typically do you know ten to twelve individual plantings. But 
it is just a prolifically grown item. And I think one of the most underrated food items of all time. It is literally a godsend when it comes to baking. The The moisture that it adds to baked goods mm-hmm. is unequaled. And then in savory cooking, it takes on the flavor profile of the food that you're preparing it with in such a beautiful way. It, the zucchini itself can be subtle. Um, it's never overpowering. It just depends on like what size that you're getting and you know what time you you harvested the the zucchini but in in corn chowder it adds just a really unique element to it because corn in itself can be kind of one tone yep it can be bland it's corn Um, but when you add something yeah (laughs) when you add something like zucchini to it um you get the the option of having more texture and you get the, the slightly sweet uh, flavor that it can bring depending on how you prepare it. And I, I, if I could, like if I was listening to my heart, I would do all zucchini recipes all the time because there is nothing that it can't do in yeah. the food world. Yeah. And that's, that's the hill I'm dying on right there. I, we, we take zucchinis and, and what we'll do is we'll cut them up and put them in the air fryer and then we have zucchini potato chips. And and it's 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 such the ultimate like you know like when you're when you're jonesing for something that crunches go for the air fryer man do you, now do you think that has changed Absolutely. in the way of homestead recipes because I mean it's like homestead to me is seeing my mom in front of that gigantic big old pot making you know her own sauerkraut and stuff like that I mean is the air fryer going to destroy things? No, uh, no, I don't think so. I love, I love the air fryer yeah. um, with a passion, and I mean, essentially, it's just a conven- convection oven. But who is, you know, out cooking their food over an open fire? Nobody right, is. Right. Um, well, we we do sometimes. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, it's the air fryer is so convenient, um, especially in climates where you you don't want to turn on your oven all the time. And homesteading in itself is doing for oneself. And I kind of wrote about in the book how I'm not the traditional homesteader. You know, I'm not, I'm not raising my own bees currently and, and eating only my, only the, off the food off the land that we're, I still go to the store. I still buy Oreos because I love Oreos so much. <laughs> um, but I love the idea of constantly growing into a mindset yep. of wanting to try and provide for oneself in a way. And it's not like doomsday prepping to the extent of it's, it's feeling secure in your independence and being able to survive and then thrive with what you have available with the skill set that you're learning and growing into. I, I love that word growing. That was a really complex answer to do you think air fryers See, see, that's what you that's what you put into your daily mess. You write about it and then people go, yeah, oh, my God. Now (laughs) now I've got a spiritual connection to my air fryer. This is awesome. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I I, apologize to your audience. I I, got to tell you, Amanda, uh, until I moved to the Carolinas, um, I thought asparagus grew beside everybody's ditches. I mean, I didn't know you bought it in a grocery store. We just went to the ditch and we would just sit there and cut it wild. Are you kidding? I mean, it was it was always free to That's- us up there in Montana. That oh that and rhubarb. That. Rhubarb is the same thing. I mean, we uh, we would just go jump into somebody's backyard, raid their garden, and steal the rhubarb. 
Yeah, absolutely. That is another big one that you having, you know, having some type of homestead experience would would be part of rhubarb, like another underrated uh, is it a fruit? Is it a fruit? Well, is it a vegetable? Well, well, wait a second. When I go to the grocery I store, when I go to the grocery store, it's over there by the roots. Uh, you know, like with the ginger and stuff like that. And I've always thought, well, wait a second. This is not a rooted plant, but why is it in the root section? That's so interesting. I wonder. Well, they also put eggs with milk, and so everyone thinks that eggs are dairy. <laughs> I mean, don't even get me started. <laughs> and why is the cream <laughs> cheese crazy. by the bacon? I don't understand the cream cheese and bacon thing, man. That's just There's no relationship there. <laughs> well, you're going to have to get used to it because I have it all over that book. <laughs> I want you to try, at, at the very least, the, um, what's it, the, the Little Smokies, bacon-wrapped Little Smokies. With cream cheese. Oh, my Sorry. God. Well, I, can't, and, and, I can't even apologize for the amount of cream cheese in the book. Well, I mean, ba- bacon is like the ultimate food. I was just watching a, um, a Shark Tank last night, and, and they, they now have a, a bacon that, that's actually made from like a, like from, from seaweed. And, and it's like, what? I got it. You know, bacon is like the ultimate treat. So were you, does that sound good? To you, well, well, Robert on Shark Tank spit it out immediately, and I thought, I don't know, but then again, he just may have different taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> I I am definitely a purist when it comes to meat. I don't, I'm not interested in the um, the the new adaptations of. Yeah, I think, and I, but we also have a relationship, you know, with our animals and with harvesting and and butchering and such here. So. Um, so I, that, I think that's maybe a little different of perspective, but I've never met um, an artificial bacon I liked. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's that guy on that show? Like Ron from Parks and Rec? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's my... That's <laughs> my spiritual animal right there. Oh, my God. So now you, you, you seem to be the type of person that I was growing up in Montana in the way that when we went out into the potato fields, you ate from the field. I mean, I, I, there's nothing sweeter and better than you, you take that, that potato shovel, dig it up, and eat that potato right there on the spot with dirt on it. You did that? Yes. For real. Yes, for real. Down by, um, and here's, that, we had this gigantic field by the sugar beet factory is what we did. Because up in Montana, you have sugar beets. You don't, you don't have the, the sugar cane and stuff like that. We got our sugar from the beets. Well, we do that too. I grew up in North Dakota. Oh. And so we do, we have crystal <laughs> sugar. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I get you on that. I have never eaten a potato out of the ground, but oh, any type so of, uh, and now I, I've, I've accepted that challenge now that you've laid that out there. You've done it. So I've got to do it. But we do, you know, the sweet peas and the tomatoes, obviously, and all that stuff right from the garden. And that's, you know, with my kids, that's one of my favorite things to do for them to taste something that they've watched grow from nothing, essentially, and taste the difference between, you know, buying it at the grocery store. It's, It's completely different. And when you're surrounded by nature, when you're enjoying something that you watch grow from nothing, like it's a mental shift in food. So I love that whole farm to table movement, you know, when they have those gigantic tables in the middle of the field, I think California perfected that you guys, or they can take um, credit for that, but it's, it's a beautiful experience to like be out in the field Mm -hmm. and enjoying the fruits of your labor. So being from North Dakota and I'm from Montana, did you guys tell Montana jokes? Because we always made up North Dakotan jokes. Did you guys ever do that? 
No, no. My feelings are super hurt right now. No, I mean, honestly, when we were in North Dakota, we didn't make fun of anybody. You can hear it coming out in my voice. We just were like tooting along on the road and just having a grand old time and, you know, letting mer- cars merge in the lane and... No, everyone makes fun of North Dakota. That's kind of the rule. If you're in the Midwest, we're the lowest on the totem pole, and we get it. We're stuck with it. It's all good. We'll just be eating our lips out over here at the cafe. (laughs) Amanda, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. (laughs) Thanks. And I'm gonna, I am feel like I need to cook for you at some point oh, in your life. Let's, like, let's do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you still in North Dakota now? No. Uh, when I got married, uh, I moved to Minnesota oh. with my husband. So I made the big leap from North Dakota to Minnesota. <laughs> I know. Going to the big city. Big growing up. But, uh, yeah, we, so I've been in in minnesota for most of my adult life i guess and and i love it i love the midwest that's kind of what the whole book is about is just trying to embrace um the things that people don't necessarily appreciate or even know about in the midwest there is a recipe in the book I, i apologize for just taking this over but um, it is meat raffle hot dish oh man have, have you ever heard of a meat raffle no no okay so this is one of my favorite things about uh, about Minnesota. <laughs> when, so it literally the idea for the recipe happened during a meat raffle. I was with my friend Autumn. It was it was hilarious. But you go to a bar and there's a, a wheel, kind of like a wheel of fortune, a little tiny wheel, and it's got the ticker on it. And you buy a ticket or as many tickets as you'd like, and you have the opportunity to win meat. Mm-hmm at the bar and so she spins the wheel and maybe calls your number and should it be your number you get to go up to a table of meat that's been you know purchased at a grocery store it's not usually anything special and you get to pick do you want ground beef or do you want like a surf and turf what are you going to do it's so many options and then you grab whatever you choose and you sit back down at the bar next to your meat in its package for maybe several hours, depending on how much fun you're having. And then maybe you call your Uber a few hours later and get home and are like, I'm starving, but guess what? I've got meat here. (laughs) And so that recipe is literally designed for you to come home from the bar and throw to get, you literally throw everything into a casserole dish, throw it in the oven, and you have an amazing, delicious meal based on a meat raffle. I love it. I love it. And that's you be brilliant today, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you you have a well, Oh my god, I had a great conversation with you. So please be brilliant today, okay? Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Did thank- I totally talk over our time? I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> sorry about that, Michael. <laughs> it's all righty.